Good afternoon, Kodo listeners. You are tuned into KOTO Telluride. It is noon on Thursday, so we are here for our weekly COVID noon update. I am Julia Caulfield from the news team. I am joined by Grace Franklin, public health director for San Miguel County, and Claudia Garcia Curcio, providing Spanish interpretation. Thank you both for being here. Thanks for having us. Estamos aquí de vuelta para las noticias de las 12. Uh, yo, Julia, vamos a hacer noticias y estoy con Grace Franklin y aquí Claudia va a hacer interpretación. So, Grace, we were actually just talking before we hopped on the air that we're kind of in a little bit of a holding pattern, maybe not a lot of like new, new news. Um, but can you give us just a brief kind of update on where we are when it comes to COVID in San Miguel County? So, estábamos hablando antes que nos fuimos a, al aire di, diciendo que estamos ahorita esperando. Um, no tenemos noticia nueva, pero nos puedes contar ahorita sobre qué está pasando aquí en el condado de San Miguel sobre COVID. Yeah, so um, since about mid-December, um, the Omicron variant was detected in our county. And since that, it, our cases have really surged to um, just... Um, astronomical amount. We've had um, hundreds of people that are um, currently infected and the Colorado uh, modeling estimate is that one in every 10 Coloradans are currently infectious with COVID-19. So, diciendo que el casi en medio de diciembre vimos en nuestros casos que Omicron estaba aquí y los casos estaban subiendo mucho. Uh, 100 de personas estaban uh, contratados con COVID diciendo que uno a 10 las personas que viven en Colorado tienen el virus. We're seeing a lot of vaccine breakthrough cases, um, especially with Omicron. Um, even with the booster, people are getting sick, um, but having very mild reactions. And so we're still seeing benefits against severe outcomes, hospitalizations, deaths um, for those that are vaccinated, but um, it's not necessarily stopping the virus in its tracks. Uh, y estamos viendo personas que están vacunados, sí han, han estado enfermos, pero los síntomas son un poquito muy bajos, diciendo que no van a ir al hospital y no hay muertes. Pero sí estamos viendo que estos números han subido. As you mentioned with that, that feeling of the holding pattern, um, we're continuing to see these heightened levels of disease. Um, we haven't seen a big shift towards increased hospitalizations across the state, but that typically lags by three to four weeks. And we're seeing um, uptick in other countries affected by Omicron. So it's really this, as we move forward, um, waiting and seeing just kind of um, how does this variant of the disease um, progress in our county. So diciendo que estamos esperando y viendo que esos casos están subiendo, lo que no estamos viendo es los números de personas yendo al hospital, viendo a tres a cuatro semanas. Uh, pero en, en el país estamos viendo que Omicron está aquí y, y, y muchas personas están, están uh, recibiendo este virus y sabiendo que estamos esperando y viendo que qué vamos a hacer aquí sobre todo esto. So, um San Miguel County, we've maintained our indoor and public spaces mask order, which is showing to be an effective strategy against this variant. Um, and then it's all of the best practices that we already know. If you're sick with any kind of symptoms, even if it's mild, stay home, um, stick to your pods, and really just um, let's reassess kind of how we're um, uh, managing our risk budgets right now. Pero aquí en el, el condado de San Miguel, Todavía tenemos um, 
diciendo que sí, por favor, estás adentro de un edificio, que se sigan con su máscara puesta. Y eso estamos viendo que es algo muy beneficial y bueno para la comunidad. Y practicando lo mejor para uno, sabiendo si estás enfermo, por favor, quédense en su hogar, quédense con su grupo pequeño y que vean a uh, qué riesgo van a tener si van a hacer algo. You mentioned masks. Uh -huh. um, I feel like right before Omicron hit, there was kind of discussion of like, maybe we'll be getting rid of them uh -huh. at the end of January. Um, do you obviously we're at the beginning of January, so you still have time to keep thinking about this and see more data. But does it feel like this is something of like at this point where we're at, we should probably be holding on to the masks through maybe the end of the ski season or whatever that might okay. be. So sabiendo que estás hablando de tener tus máscaras uh, puestas adentro. Eso es antes que Omicron estaba aquí en el condado, que a lo mejor el fin de enero no íbamos a tener que ponernos máscaras. Pero viendo esos números, uh, el condado piensa que se va a quedar con esas máscaras hasta el final de la temporada de esquiar. ¿Qué estás pensando? Yeah, that's really um, the million dollar question here and definitely um, a conversation to be discussed with the Board of Health over the next couple of weeks. Um, we were talking about this a little bit offline too, is um, as we as we move along in these res this COVID response, how do we shift our mindset and our perspectives to be I don't to to move with the times? Right, we have to learn to live with this virus, and there is a really fine balance between um, zero tolerance and risk mitigation, which really does dovetail into um, some of the new updates with um, isolation guidelines best practices and then why normalizing mask use is still really important. Esa es uh, una pregunta muy buena y puedo decir que es la pregunta de mil dólares, pero moviendo adelante, cómo responder a COVID, viendo con tiempo, sabiendo que vamos a tener que vivir con esto y también tener un balance diciendo estamos a cero, no pensando en los riesgos y viendo el riesgo que uno puede tener pero también viendo las nuevas noticias de cuando uno se tiene que quedar en su hogar, aislados, con sus máscaras, estamos viendo más números y más información sobre eso. So, I know that public health is, of course, kind of like big picture health of the community, right? Mm -hmm. um, obviously, that's physical health, mental health, just economic health of the community because that affects all of those things. Um, so when you see these huge numbers mm -hmm. countywide, but low numbers of people getting really sick or having more than mild symptoms, how, I mean, how, I guess like, how does public health, how are y'all feeling about like this surge? Is it like really scary because it's so many numbers or is it not actually that bad because it's kind of a new reality and people aren't getting super sick? Um, yeah, just how are y'all thinking about what's going on? Mm -hmm. So, sabiendo que la salud pública se enfoca mucho en la salud mental, física, económicamente, habiendo uh, estos números en el condado, sabiendo que uh, muchas personas se han enfermado, pero los síntomas han sido un poquito muy bajos. Y que, quiero saber cómo se siente el condado. Es algo que les, les, da, les da miedo porque esos números han subido mucho, o es la nueva realidad que así va a pasar. There's a lot of really good data coming out right now um, supporting that Omicron may be less severe um, of a, a variant. Um, definitely those that are fully vaccinated and boosted have um, much more milder symptoms, but not 
percent, right? Um, I'll pause there. <laughs> Pero estamos viendo muchos números muy buenos diciendo que Omicron uh, es un poquito no tan serio, diciendo que no diciendo 100% que personas no se están enfermando. Um, I would say as a state and as a nation, our healthcare systems aren't really in as great of a, a spot right now to say everything's fine. Um, things are very strained and we are definitely heading towards harder times. Um, but to your point, um, public health is so much more than just one virus. It really is the health of the community, all these different aspects about where we live, work and play to make sure that we're all being taken care of, supporting each other and feeling connected. Pero lo que puedo decir es en el estado y nacionalmente no puedo decir que todo está bien porque no está. Y ese es, estamos en un tiempo un poquito muy difícil diciendo que salud pública no nada más estamos enfocando en nada más este virus. Estamos enfocando en la salud de la comunidad. Vivimos, jugamos aquí y cómo nos podemos apoyar a uno mismo. So, yeah, so I don't, it's a tough one, right? Um, I think that we're cautiously optimistic. Um, I think part of the CDC guidelines changing to a shortened isolation for those that are um, uh, infected with COVID is really a testament to that there's so many different layers to our health and that mitigating risk instead of zero tolerance is really the, um, the approach and the mindset that we need to be moving towards. Pero es difícil decir, um, tenemos que tener todavía esperanza, sabiendo que estamos viendo números y diferentes um, uh, noticias diciendo hasta viendo cuánto tiempo uno se puede aislar con COVID. Estamos viendo diferentes y cómo uno se puede ayudar y ver esos números moviendo, moviendo adelante. Can you from your perspective kind of run through uh -huh. what the difference between mitigation and zero tolerance is and kind of like and what that looks like? in terms of how our community is approaching mm -hmm. the pandemic currently. Yeah. Puedes hablar um, sobre lo que significa diciendo no teniendo cero um, brain fart tolerance. I don't know. <laughs> This happens sometimes. Um, uh, I don't know, Julia. Tolerance. I'm Googling it. Thanks. <laughs> oh um, zero allowance, maybe. That's, yeah, like, uh, or not allowing. Uh, Permiso. Uh, teniendo reverencia. Ser, be, be, yeah, there you go. No teniendo cero reverencia, uh, hablar sobre eso y, y el riesgo que la comunidad no puede tener y qué está haciendo el condado para saber más información sobre eso. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Now I forgot what the question was. Um, <laughs> zero tolerance. Zero tolerance. Okay. De yeah. Define them. Yes. Yeah. And how yeah. does that look here? Yeah. Yes. So uh, zero tolerance, of course, is like we will have zero cases of COVID. We won't allow it to spread at all. Um, zero deaths, zero hospitalizations. There are a few countries that are still trying for this and it's um, it's a really intense, it kind of goes back to the 2020 lockdown mentality of we will do whatever it takes to stop this one specific thing from spreading. Uh, so diciendo cero casos, uh, cero, cero personas que pueden pasar este virus, cero muertos, y muchos países están tratando esto, esto mismo, viendo en el 2020, cuando todos estamos en el hogar, parar todo esto es lo que estamos hablando. Um, risk mitigation, right, is saying we have to weigh the problems that can come if you get infected with COVID 
with problems that can come from trying to avoid COVID to all the other societal functionings like going to work, hanging out with your friends and family and other um, really important pieces of the fabrics of our lives. Y el riesgo, lo que estoy diciendo, es viendo esos problemas tratando de no contratar COVID. Diciendo, uh, pensando, voy a salir con mis amigos, voy a ir a trabajar, uh, voy a ir con mi familia. Todas esas um, conexiones que uno tiene socialmente en nuestra vida. So, I, it's, I think it's important to remember, right, two years ago, there was no, there was no immunity against the specific virus. And over the last two years, we've been building a population immunity, both with those being infected and recovered and vaccinations. So, eso es lo que puedo decir. Dos años pasados, no teníamos este, las, muchas personas que estaban vacunadas, sabiendo que moviendo adelante tenemos esa oportunidad. We have a call coming in. Hi, you're live on Kodo. Hi, um, my question is, is is a Delta still, I mean, kind of prevalent? Are, are you testing, you know, between the different variants with these numbers? Because I don't hear that delineated, and I'm curious, because it might be inevitable that we all get Omicron, and if it's not as serious, that's great. But um, is Delta still out there? Mm -hmm. Thank, Thank you for you. your question. So, mi pregunta es, um, usted tiene los números diciendo que Delta todavía, todavía está aquí. Ha sido esos exámenes, esas pruebas diciendo que Delta está aquí. Sabiendo que a lo mejor Omicron no es tan serio, ¿nos puedes decir si tienes esos números? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, there's a few different ways that we test for the variants, um, and I'll talk about two. Um, the first one for us in San Miguel County is the wastewater surveillance. That really does get a, a hi higher level of what's the true disease um, prevalence in the east end of our county. Um, y puedo, hay muchos diferentes tipos de cómo um, hacer estas pruebas. La primera, la que hacemos aquí en el condado de San Miguel, es el gasto de agua. Y eso lo podemos ver muy bien diciendo qué virus o qué... Um, prueba estamos haciendo para oh es delta o es uh, omicron um, and so we do weekly variant testing through the wastewater treatment um, plant and um, right now in san miguel county the last reading that we had it was 92 percent omicron and then the rest was a mix of delta and other but that's a little bit delayed in data y lo hacemos cada semana uh, viendo el gasto de, de agua en eso. Y en San Miguel vimos 92% que era Omicron y lo demás fue uh, un mixto de Delta y o, o, otras. Um, the second type of testing is when people get um, um, point of care testing, so the nasal swabs by a doctor, it gets shipped to a lab to get tested. Um, the state lab does this thing called sentinel surveillance um, where they take a certain percentage of all tests that come in and then test all of those to see what variants are um, occurring within the state. So it gives like a, a nice little rough estimate based off of random selection. 
Y la segunda parte de cómo hacer esos exámenes es con un doctor sobre la nariz y, y mandando eso a cada estado para ver el porciento de qué es en esas pruebas y cada rato el estado regresa y agarra esos exámenes para ver, oh, puede ser esto o otra cosa, pero es por estado. And um, the last report that I received from the state was from January 4th, so this Tuesday, and it reported 100% Omicron. They, they estimate that there's likely a couple percentage points that um, are floating around, but it's definitely the dominant strain, and it's very quickly overtaken Delta and all other variants. Y la última vez que recibí estas pruebas fue en el 4 de enero, el martes, y vio que 100% de eso fue resultado de Omicron y podemos ver que puede ver otras um, partes, puede ser Delta, pero hemos visto que Omicron um, agarró casi todo el condado. But this question really does go back to your point, Julia, of how, how do we move forward, right? Um, knowing that it's this virus is going to continue to mutate, that's exact, that's what it does. Um, and so it's going to change over time. So whether the Delta comes back or a different variant becomes more prominent, um, how do we adapt from this emergency response, which it still is an emergency, but the, it's this like slow burning emergency, right? So it's really hard for us to wrap our brains around this. Um, but yeah, how do we, how do we start to assess our individual risk as well as uphold a level of that societal responsibility to do as least amount of harm as possible, but not um, not lock ourselves in our rooms for the next five years. So, lo que puedo decir uh, al punto de Julia, cómo podemos este mover adelante sabiendo que uh, esto puede seguir cambiando, diciendo que el Delta puede regresar o, o algo nuevo puede, puede venir. So, ¿Cómo podemos adaptar a, a esa emergencia y responder sabiendo que tenemos los, ries, los riesgos mismos de nosotros, pero también en nivel social de responsabilidades, um, viendo um, que no nos podemos quedar en un hogar o en nuestro cuarto cinco años? So you asked that question of like, how do we make that shift? So I am going to ask you that question <laughs> from your, you know, from your perspective, from public health, like what does that yeah. look like? So te voy a preguntar esa pregunta en el, la salud pública, en esos cambios, ¿qué podemos hacer moviendo adelante? Yeah, um, <laughs> dang it, I was hoping I could just ponder it. Um, no, I, I, so vaccinations, of course, are the safest way to gain immunity um, and really showing boosters are, do add a level. And so I think people, um, first and foremost, um, to get a vaccine or a booster if um, you're eligible, if it's safe to do so, um, and be open to the fact that the science is continuing to evolve and as we get more data, we're likely going to need more boosters and changing the definition of what fully vaccinated is. Lo primero que puedo decir es que uno se puede vacunar y uh, también agarrar el, el booster si las personas están en esa edad que puede agarrar um, las vacunas, por favor lo hagan. Uh, pero también que tengan um, que, que piensen bien en la ciencia porque va a cambiar y lo que yo estoy viendo podemos uh, tener más vacunas o tener más boosters. ¿Qué, qué significa eso para estar vacunados uh, completamente? Um, the second big piece is treatments, right? Um, 
the FDA just authorized two new oral treatments, which are really going to be a game changer for access and removing barriers once they're available. They're in very low supply right now, so it's not actually really helpful um, yet, but it, it's going to make a huge difference, especially for individuals that can't get vaccinated or those that are in that higher risk category of immunocompromised or um, over 65 and are likely to still get pretty sick from COVID if they're infected. Y la otra cosa que puedo decir es, es tratamiento uh, por la boca, pero ahorita no estamos viendo nada movi moviendo adelante, eso, eso no ayuda. Pero viendo todo esas personas que no pueden vacunar, que están en riesgo saludmente, um, o personas que están más de uh, 65 años mayores, que todavía se enferman con este virus. And, and then the last one is really that, that mental shift, right? Um, how do we put other layers into place so then we can feel safer or minimize risk as much as possible within reason um, to live our lives? Pero también viéndolo mentalmente, cómo podemos vivir, um, vivir con esto en nuestras vidas y sentirnos um, safe. Mm -hmm. Segura. Se seguro. So just to give an example of what that means, right, because that's a very vague, broad concept. Um, so for me, um, anytime I go to like a large event, so um, or not large event, but like I went to Thanksgiving dinner and I hung out with 12 friends from across the state of Colorado. We all agreed to get a PCR test before coming. Um, and then same for um, the winter holidays, my family, um, they all did a rapid antigen test before coming and one of my cousins tested positive and we're like, well, this is why we did it, right? To protect one another. And so shifting that and having those dialogues about what people are comfortable with. Um, other examples is, um, making that risk assessment, going out to a bar or to a restaurant, are you as an individual comfortable um, being in a crowded bar or is it, do you feel more comfortable if it's um, sparsely populated, right? And really just thinking about what are your individual um, needs as well as um, how would it impact you if you did get sick? Y lo que puedo decir, ¿qué significa eso más? So viendo ir a un evento largo, y no, no diciendo muchas personas, pero un ejemplo es, Uh, el día de gracias cuando tuve cena tuve 12 personas y esas 12 personas agarraron el examen o la prueba de PCR sabiendo que si alguien está enfermo vamos a cancelar nuestros planes también durante el invierno uh, de navidad y fiestas a uh, mi familia íbamos a, íbamos a tener navidad juntos so agarramos oh, el, la prueba rápido en el hogar y vimos que nos uh, mi prima tuvo COVID, so tuvimos esas conversaciones. So teniendo esas conversaciones con su grupo, ¿qué es el riesgo de usted mismo y si usted se siente seguro yendo? So también hablando si va a una cantina y te sientes seguro. Hay muchas personas, no muchas personas. ¿Qué necesitas para que te sientas segura? Si ese es el riesgo que tú vas a, to a tomar y si te enfermas, Tienes recursos y también puedes enfermarte. So es viendo esos riesgos. So do you feel like at this point, um, is it, are, 
from a public health standpoint, are you kind of like leaning into, we have all a buffet of options for the mm. community to partake in, to stay safe. That's what we're going with. Obviously the mask mandate is a public health regulation mm -hmm. still, um, but is public health kind of from those, that regulatory standpoint kind of taking a step back and saying, we have all the tools for you to be safe. You have to take it into your own hands. Mm. So, Sabiendo lo que estás diciendo de salud pública, ustedes tienen, la comunidad tiene todas esas opciones que ahorita hablamos. Um, teniendo su máscara puesta es importante y, y el, el, la salud pública lo tiene. Pero lo vamos a dejar al público diciendo, tenemos todo esto, usted tiene que decidir el riesgo y cómo se siente. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, I, I think it's also, um, society as a whole is also moved that way. We've learned... At the very beginning, we didn't know anything, right? And we were really um, learning as we went. And so it did require a much more um, stringent approach. But really, the education and information's out there. It's changing, but not quite as rapidly as it had before. And um, there's a lot more tools in place for people to um, make more informed choices. Um, and that really is the, the heart of public health is policy and then education. And I think we're starting to figure out how can we support everybody while at the same time recognizing that there are some larger level approaches that do make a, a positive impact, but trying to find that balance. Um, sí, sabiendo que en largo es algo socialmente, um, porque no sabíamos mucho en, 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 en lo, el principio de esto. So teníamos más reglas, más cosas que uno tenía que, que hacer. Pero educando y teniendo la información, um, sabiendo que no está cambiando tan rápido, uno tiene las, las metas y tiene la herramienta para hacer esa decisión importante. La salud pública tiene la póliza y educación para apoyar cada uno. We have another call. Hi, you're live on Codo. Hi, um, thank you for all the important information. I really look forward to this show every week. I would like to hear you address the importance of wearing the correct mask. The CDC has come out recently saying that cotton masks are no more than a, oh. a face decorations and that KN95s and N95s are the way to go, and I'd like to hear, get your input on that. Thank you for your question. So, quiero decir muchas gracias por toda la información que usted está diciendo. Cada semana yo escucho. Pero lo que yo quiero saber es más, um, ¿qué máscara uno tiene que ponerse? Porque lo que estoy, estoy viendo del CDC, que las máscaras que son de fábrica o de, de ropa no son buenas, que se tienen que tener el K95, que es lo más importante. Yeah, so... Um With the Omicron variant, um, it, it's a more contagious um, version of this virus, and it definitely spreads more readily. Um, and there's been some data showing that um, just the basic cloth masks aren't as protective as they were um, with previous variants of COVID. Um, so, sabiendo que Omicron se puede contagiar más rápido, estamos viendo que máscaras hecha de cloth ropa, uh -huh. cotton, right? Okay. No es tela no, de tela. No es muy beneficio. <laughs> no es muy beneficio. So es importante saber que para el Omicron no te protegen mucho. Um, 
a cloth mask is still better than nothing so i do want to call that out um but definitely when you layer up different levels of quality mask it does become more effective um so a surgical mask mask the blue ones that um you see um in a lot of the tv shows and stuff um that's definitely um it's it has a smaller fiber so it traps more of the larger um, respiratory droplets and stuff um kn95s are pretty readily accessible now and they're a lot more comfortable than n95s that really have a secure seal um and and that is probably the best mask for individuals um, if you're going out in public so sabiendo que de todas maneras las máscaras de telas es mejor que nada um, pero a veces es importante que se pongan doble máscara sabiendo si van a estar en público pero las azules que ves en las en, en, la, en los shows de televisión esas son muy populares pero también las las que 95 son las mejores um, máscaras que estamos viendo ahorita y más especialmente si vas a estar afuera caminando en el público te pueden ayudar para uh, no contratar esas gotas and I see there's a call coming in, but um, I just want to give a shout out. The Wall Street Journal has a really awesome visual um, on their Instagram if you want to see like the effectiveness. Y si ustedes quieren ver eso, el Wall Street Journal tiene una foto de todo eso. Hi, you're live on Kodo. Hi, I just uh, want to know how sick people over the age of 65 that are boosted and fully vaccinated are getting in general, like if they have average health to begin with. Thank you. Thanks for your question. So mi pregunta era, um, ¿qué enfermos una persona se está recibiendo si es 65 años uh, mayor? Uh, todas las tres vacunas. These are really good questions today. Um, <laughs> so um, it depends. I think that's the, the, the bummer part about all of this is everybody's different. And you are, as someone over 65 that's vaccinated and has a booster um, and in general good health, you, um, for the major most part, are in a pretty good place. Um, I, I know anecdotally we've had a handful of folks get sick that um, definitely had um, a rough go, very flu-like symptoms, and it, it wasn't fun. Um, and we've seen some hospitalizations, but um, it, it, it's not the end of the world for the majority of people, but I would say it definitely skews higher on severe outcomes for anyone over 65. Period. And I, I would say my dad is 72 mm -hmm. and he got COVID and he got the Omicron one and he had zero symptoms, but wow. he had to be at home. So vaccines work. <laughs> So, todo depende, cada persona es muy diferente, sabiendo que la persona tiene 65 años, está vacunado, tiene salud buena, todo es diferente y cada persona puede tener poquitos síntomas o no síntomas. Lo que yo dije es, yo estaba visitando a mi papá y tiene 72 años y no tenía síntomas y no se enfermó y tiene todas las vacunas, tiene las dos vacunas y el booster y lo que uno puede decir es que las vacunas están haciendo su trabajo. Um, I would say too, if, if you want to dive into the data, um, looking towards um, the United Kingdom, they're a few weeks ahead of us and we tend to mirror what happens there and um, we have seen an uptick 
of hospitalizations there and the majority are people that are over 65 but again it's varied vaccination status and um, the hospitalization stay seems to be a lot shorter than previous variants which is encouraging um, that people are able to recover quicker. Y si usted quiere saber un poquito más de sus números, puede leer más información sobre um, ese, ese, ese país, sabiendo que las personas que están 65 años y mayores han ido al hospital, pero hemos visto que esos tiempos um, son un poquito más cortos. This is kind of random question, maybe, but from, a from your perspective, public health, would you rather have a variant more like Delta, which doesn't travel as quickly, but has more severe outcomes for the people who get it or something that spreads crazy like Omicron, but on the whole has more mild symptoms? Um, y esa es una pregunta rara, pero um, salud pública, ¿qué usted piensa que es mejor tener el variant que es Delta sabiendo que es un poquito más grave y no se contagia muy rápido o Omicron que se contagia muy, muy rápido, pero no, no tiene síntomas tan graves? Wow, the most professional would you rather? And I, I still don't want to answer it. No. You don't have to. Um, I, I, have to. I have to. Um, it, that's, I think, ask me again in two months, and I'll, I'll have a better um, crystal ball perspective. But um, I, I don't think there's a good answer either way, right? Because you have to weigh both of the, the gains and losses. I would say with Omicron, even though it seems to be milder, it is spreading more rapidly. And so it's just a numbers game too that we are gonna see a lot of sick people um, in the next few weeks. So um, I, I don't think it's as sunshine and rosy as um, we're, we as humans trying to cope through the second year of a pandemic um, are trying to make it seem. Eso es un poquito difícil decir cuál. Uh, pregúntame en dos semanas cuando tenga más información. Pero sabiendo que cuando uno se contagia y se enferma es, es casi lo mismo. Es difícil decir cuál uno prefiera porque personas se van a seguir enfermando. Y la mera verdad no, no estoy segura de qué puedo decir, pero es lo que, lo que tengo ahorita. Um, I'm going to let both of y'all go because you have other things to do. But you know, I, I would love to just kind of hear final thoughts on as we are simultaneously making this mental shift into more of a mitigation framework, but also still um, wanting to stay safe ourselves and also keep our community safe. Just, you know, thoughts on, on how you recommend people to start kind of making making that shift in their lives. Y nos vamos a acabar pronto aquí, pero quería saber un poquito más de tus pensamientos mentalmente de cómo personas pueden hacer las decisiones mejores para ellos, sabiendo que, sabiendo que el virus todavía está aquí y cómo podemos mover adelante y seguir viviendo nuestras vidas. Yeah, um, I feel like with just the sheer numbers and how quickly um, this new variant has spread, it, it really has forced everybody to reassess just kind of what is what is the true capacity of public health what is each person's responsibility to protect one another and really having that ownership move to a much more individual level uh, sabiendo que esos números están subiendo y uno se está contagiando más rápido uno puede pensar de vuelta de las decisiones que está tomando y uh, las responsabilidades que uno tiene también ellos mismos so i, I think that mental shift to 
keep our community safe and really um, move forward, it's it's really comes down to communication and respect of everybody's needs and values. So lo mejor para saber eso mentalmente y tener la comunidad um, segura es moviendo adelante, tener esas comunica comunicaciones y respeto uh, para lo que es importante para tener la comunidad segura. It, it's having those conversations, right, of saying, oh, hey, you know, my friend just told me that they tested positive. This is kind of my situation in relation to that. Do you want to hang out or no? And then respect the answer. Or um, if you are hanging out with um, your grandparents or a coworker um, that is more vulnerable, really just having these really um, seemingly difficult conversations that really are just a way to open up and take care of one another um, in a more inclusive way. Pero también teniendo esas conversaciones um, honestamente con tus amigos y tus amistades diciendo um, mi amiga o amigo uh, ha sido positivo, te sientes bien salir conmigo. Um, teniendo esas, esas este, conversaciones sabiendo que son importantes um, y quedar con la comunidad salud, um, saludable. Pero también si vas a estar con tu abuelo o tus abuelas, um, tienen esas conversaciones difíciles sabiendo que es un riesgo que tú estás poniendo a esas personas. We'll leave it there. Grace Franklin, Public Health Director, Claudia Garcia Corcio. Thank you both so much for being here today. Thank you to all of our listeners and those who called in. Thanks for giving us a call. Um, we will be back with another one of these updates next week. We have news tonight, but before all that, uh, 1 p.m. at Sista Seaweed, 3 p.m. New Orleans Road Trip with Lou Guru, and then at 5 p.m., All Things Considered. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you all for being here. We Thank will you. be back.